Hey everybody, this is Back to Me with Chrissy, and it's Chrissy, episode three. What we're talking about today is we're talking about um, moms with children with hidden disabilities um, that have themselves hidden disabilities, and how they deal with parenting these children, how it's changed how they've parented them, and... um, how it's helped, hindered, and also how it changes how they find their own self-care. It's kind of a big topic, and we might spend a few weeks on this, just because the more parents I find and the more moms I've dealt with over the years, um, it's more common than not, I think. Um, I know personally, without getting into my story too much, I, you know, I struggle with depression. And that's something I always have to be aware of and on top of and really keep my self-care under control so that I can be that emotional 100% that my children need. Um, We have a really special guest with us here today. We have Alicia. She is amazing in every sense of the word. And um, I find this a lot with the parents of hidden children with hidden disabilities, that they are fighters, just like you are. And I've been so impressed with the way that you advocate and fight for your child all the time. Is that, um, you know, has that just been ingrained in you from the beginning? Or is that something that once you discovered that your little K, who's now, what, six or seven? He is five. He's five. Yeah. yeah. He's, five. he's a feisty five. Yeah, I thought five. he was a little older. He's really strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, is that something that has just grown in you as you've, you know, learned about his disabilities? And um, tell us a little bit about what he has and what he does. Well, in answer to your question, I, I do feel like I'm a pretty resilient person. I Agreed. feel like from a very young age, I went through some really hard things. And so, um, yeah, I just get stronger and stronger. God keeps putting more trials in front and makes me stronger. I know. Sometimes we make... No, that's just blasphemy. I was going to talk about Job, but none of us want all that on our plate. No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, Kai, what are Kai's hidden disabilities and challenges? So... case. It's fine. We can say Kai. It's fine. Um, He actually has a Facebook page, so it's not that I'm trying to, like, you know, hide him from the world. Um, But anyway... Kai has been, man, he's been a journey from the very beginning. Um, at 19 weeks, when we went in for an ultrasound, we found out that he had an incredibly rare condition where, and I'll just be really, really brief about it, but basically there are these bands that formed in the amniotic fluid and they wrapped around his extremities and they were cutting off circulation and eventually they would amputate limbs. Um, I was able to, thank goodness, um, I was able to go to Texas and have surgery. I had fetal surgery, so they worked on him. Seriously, so brave. I know. It was, like I said, you know, there's that resiliency already. So Kai and I went through really hard things from the get-go. And so anyway, yeah, the surgery went great. He didn't lose any limbs. 
um, he lost like one little itty bitty tip of his finger on his right hand. It was the pinky finger. And um, he had clubbed feet, but everything else was perfect and fine. Um, he did have to have surgery to remove some scar tissue when he was, when he, after he was born. And he was born premature. But other than that, it was an incredibly miraculous experience. And I think that that was um, kind of a bond formed in fire. <laughs> right. That we learned that we could trust each other and that we were committed to each other. That I would put, I put my life on the line and so did he. Right. And how has that helped you now as he has been growing? And um, I know that, you know, he's on the autism spectrum. Yes, he is. Um, kind of you're discovering reactive attachment disorder. Is that correct? Um, I don't think or... it's reactive attachment, but I definitely know that from PTSD after I sure. gave birth, I kind of disconnected. Yeah. So there could be, I'm not sure if Some it's, form of attachment oh, issues. Probably some attachment issues. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And obviously there's trauma from yeah. the womb. Absolutely. I, I'm sure there so was. So real. So yeah. real. Yeah, because I was losing fluid most of the time, so he just barely had enough to, you know, develop his lungs. And so, yeah, and I was also feeling a ton of anxiety most of the time, so I'm sure that he picked up on that too. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we found out that he was on the spectrum. We found out when he was four. Yeah. Um, I had some ideas that maybe he was at two. I think as parents, you pick up with Ben with his issues with fetal alcohol, ADHD, and other issues. We we knew at a very early age that hey, you know what, something's different. Yeah. And I think as a parent. I knew it. You mm-hmm. you know when something's not just like, oh, that's the terrible twos, oh. or oh, he's just a normal four-year-old, mm-hmm. 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 you know? Oh, yeah. Because hidden disabilities, right? Yeah. And, um, oh, I knew. Even at 18 months, I knew something was off. Um, he was just always sad and crying and upset. And um, it was just very extreme you know, and he was constantly moving and biting me. And I don't know if there was just something in me that was like, mm, something feels off. Right. And so we did get him assessed and it was, they said it was sensory processing disorder first. And then at two, they said it could be autism, but we have to wait a little bit. And I wish, I wish we got, would have gotten a second opinion because we would have been able to get started on resources even earlier. Right. Because with Jess, my second we were able to notice the signs at one. Right. So. Um, His signs were very different though. Very, very different. Yeah. So it was, it was the, the, he was developing really well and his speech was coming along. He was learning words and all of a sudden he just stopped talking. And um, there, you know, a few other things, but mostly it was language delay. Yeah. And so um, I started noticing some similar uh, behaviors like looping Oh my gosh. I, I, so I saw that. I saw this constant, like, and I, I mean, and he was, he's a lot more flexible than right. guys, but there was looping. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, oh, okay. You know, parents um, raise your hand if you get that, but your kid loops. <laughs> hi, I've got them both raised. Hi and hi. 
My oldest loops like there is no tomorrow and there's no getting him off that track. You know, it's like those little race cars we used to have as a kid on that really small track. And all you did was hold the button and all they did was go in a circle and they never deviated. Right. You know, looping's looping's tough. Looping is hard and trying to get them to explore some other ways of play. And I noticed that he wasn't doing any pretend play at all when he was like two. And so we actually got him, we got him diagnosed at two. Right. And got him an early intervention. And he has had a much uh, better start. Yeah. For than Kai. But Kai is still, we're catching it really early. Yeah. Well. Oh, absolutely. So I'm, I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful. But yeah, so um, it was. It was obviously um, hard to um, accept. Yeah. Um, even though I kind of knew, but you, you still, you know, go into acceptance. It's kind of grieving. Um, but then having a second one was like a big kick in the stomach. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how it is sometimes. And yeah, they're both biological, you know. And um, yeah, so Kai has had extreme rage and anger. Um, which has been really hard for obvious reasons. Right. Um, but it started making me a really angry person and yeah. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. I always kind of felt like I was a pretty happy person. Um, but being around him, I just was like losing, losing control. And, um, you obviously, um, told me about new hope. You've told me about all these other resources. And, you know, you said that you don't have to experience this. You don't have to live through this. You don't even have to be around him all day. (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) I don't? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a huge liberation. It was huge. It was huge. The abuse, the um, just the screaming. But yeah, like I was having, you know, my four-year-old choking me. And it was like, this is not okay. And it took someone... To say, you don't have to deal with this on your own. And I'm forever grateful. And and so I was able to get services from New Hope. And he's still there. And we love it so much. Um, but it was really interesting because at New Hope, they, they look at behavior, but they look at attachment and trauma. And um, that has been really interesting to look at both of those sides of behavior and trauma and how they work together and I'm still trying to research that but as I oh honey you'll read more books than you've (laughs) ever known in your life I would joke I have a PhD in Ben and you know it's you know stick me toe-to-toe with your best person on FASD and ADHD and I'll hold my own yeah right you know I mean we spend our time I'm not yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I remember going to therapy with, you know, both boys. Um, yeah. And like occupational therapy. You're in the room. You're learning you know, everything along with them. And they were like, have you studied this? Like, you know, you are acting like you are a speech and language therapist. I said, no, I just am a quick learner, I guess. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm really invested in my children. Right. Well, many of us are. And yeah, this isn't pleasure reading for me. I'm <laughs> highlighting and taking notes. This is you survival. <laughs> yeah, this is survival. It is survival. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, it is. 
how to survive my children. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But see, it's like as a parent with these kind of children, we talked a little bit about this last week, that we feel we put these high, high expectations oh, on yes. ourselves. Nobody on puts them, them on. Yeah. And nobody puts them on us but ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We think we have to be everything, mm-hmm. everything to everyone. Yes. The perfect wife, mm-hmm. the perfect housewife. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm sitting a little jealous of your clean front room right now. <laughs> but, you know, I also Thank understand <laughs> it's not always like this. No. You know, and... He's napping and crying. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You know, we put these... Expo- home cooked dinner on the meal every... You know, yeah. dinner on the table every night. You know, mm-hmm. and I know that with your journey, it's been so difficult, but you've recently learned something about yourself yes. that's helped put the pieces together. Yes. What is that? And how did you learn it? Well, and as I was talking about with New Hope, yeah, um, how they, you know, they talk about behavior, but they also talk about an attachment and almost, a, you know, a trauma. Um, both of those things have become apparent that I wasn't even aware of. One, neurologically, I discovered that, well, I first took Kai in for an assessment, a psychological assessment, and they, we found out he had ADHD, which explained a lot of the rage <laughs> and the emotional dysfunction. Right. ADHD, you feel your emotions first, so a mm-hmm. lot of times they come out as rage yeah. or tears. Ben cries. Right. Ben cries before he understands anything. Yeah. But that's the, that's the rarity. Most kids feel rage first. Yes. Yes. So that makes a lot of sense. So as I was going through his questionnaire, and I know this happens, I've, I've heard that this happens a lot for adults that are diagnosed later on in life, is because they're getting their children diagnosed. Yeah. And I'm reading through it, and they're asking me questions. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not normal? Like, wait, this, this, was, my, this was my childhood. Like, this was my experience. And um, it was... That was, was the ADHD form you were filling out, exactly. you identified with. Oh, absolutely. And all of a sudden, I was, I was just, you know, it was hard to accept, but at the same time, it was very healing. And I started understanding that, yeah, I was smart, but I wasn't engaged, yeah. you know? Like, I, I'm actually really smart. Um, I struggled in relationships because I was too emotional, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, it would become about me because it was so overwhelming and they would have to put their emotions aside. And how much time, how often do we have to do that with our kids? You know, we have to put our emotions aside and do with theirs. Yeah. Well, I, I would, I would be that way in relationships and people would say, well, you're, you know, you're just a lot. I would hear that. You're just a lot. Yeah. And I, I was like, and that's how I feel about my son. <laughs> He's a lot. And so, um, I think there was definitely some difficulty connecting with him because I was seeing myself in him, but I wasn't ready to acknowledge it until now. Yeah. Um, Cause I've been diagnosed for three months. Yeah. And, um, I was pretty much, I was pretty against medication. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I talked to some new hope moms, talked to you and, um, I started really opening my mind to it. Right. And when I found out that I had, um, that he had ADHD and I was looking at medication for him, I was like, ah, oh, maybe I should look at medication for myself. Oh my goodness. And now we're on the same medication. Alicia, that's such a big thing. It you was know? life-changing. Your brain is wired differently. Yes. It's not that you're just choosing to take a medication just because you want to take a medication. No. 
you're trying to help a misfire mm-hmm. fire properly. Yeah, my motivation just was like skyrocketed. My focus, I was able to get so much more done. But the wonderful thing about it was I wasn't getting sucked in as crazy all the time. I wasn't reacting to all of the emotion. I felt so much more in control of my emotions because I was more in my prefrontal cortex. Right. And so I was able to handle Kai so much better. I mean, it's good to have the space and the respite. Absolutely. Right. But in so many ways, I was able to be more uh, proactive and less reactive. I wasn't reacting to his behavior. I wasn't taking everything personal and I wasn't um, just getting so sucked in. I was able to disconnect, say it's not about me. And I was able to think more clearly and healthily about right. what was happening and um, to set boundaries, but not be um, angry. Right. Um, and it, it just helped me be able to sit with him in his emotion and not have it affect him. That's massive. It's huge. It's so huge. It's so huge. Because it was impossible before. Yeah. And what have you, now mm. that you know that, you know, you're starting to discover the way that your brain works, mm-hmm. the things that work well for your brain the things that do not, mm-hmm. you know, what have you been doing for yourself to um, nurture that part of you that is now more healthy? Well, I looked at the recommendations for him. Yeah. That's really where I started. Um, I looked at the recommendations for my children and they, there was um, meditation. There was mindfulness. There was stretching, there was yoga, there was exercise often, there was, um, you know, uh, using words for your emotions, like call it what it is, you know, and I, all of a sudden, it clicked, like, oh, if this works for them, then it must work for me. Right. And so I started using that and what was really great is we were able to co-regulate together oh my so gosh. me and my boys would you know we would climb um you know i would get on the playground with them instead of sit on my phone and say my brain needs this you know and there's a lot of of of, of us that we just like we just need a break i'm just gonna get on my phone and there's nothing wrong with that but my brain needed and I and I connected with them so much better in a physical way. Yeah. And so when we were like rolling around, and and we're all sensory seekers, by the way. So the more intense the wrestling, and I used to think, well, I'm just a you know, I'm just the girl, I'm a mom, and I don't do that. No, I love it. I love roughing, like housing with my kids and like throwing pillows at each other, and we just connect so much better when we're doing physical things. Isn't that so crazy? You would have never in a million years thought that was self-care. No. To get up there on the playground. I actually saw you the other day. You were up there. You were so cute. You were up there and you were climbing around with your boys. And I always love that. I love 
seeing parents like really interact with their children. Mm-hmm. You know, my biggest pet peeve is to be at the pool and see all the moms on the side and the kids just in the pool by themselves. Yeah. You know, like I love to be in there. That's my that's my time to really like be one on one with my kids mm-hmm. and to see you in there like chasing <laughs> them around. Yeah. And, you know, I think you even went down the little slide. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. But you looked like you were having a really good time. Yeah, we were. You know, self-care doesn't look like the typical. You know, when you have non-neurotypical children, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. self-care is not just sitting there on your phone. Mm -mm. You know, like I've said before, it can be planning the menu for my daughter, Ellie, who is so stressed out about what's for dinner tonight, what's for dinner. Right. She asks me all day long. But if I spend that time, make that menu, I don't, I can just refer her to that. Mm -hmm. And she knows, and I don't have to continually answer that. You, if you get out there and you stimulate your own physical body. Yes. Or I see you running around the block with your son. <laughs> we do that. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're giving both of you mm-hmm. what your brain needs to succeed. Oh, yeah. We're just so much happier together. <laughs> yeah. How has it helped in your relationship to understand, like, the way that your brain works and the way that your brain moves? Well, so I'll go back to this. So when Kai, and again, we've just gone on this journey together for sure. And when Kai was assessed for um, sensory processing disorder, I really identified with that. Wow, yeah. And they assessed me for it. So we had that together. And now I understand it was ADHD. But before, I started noticing what was working for him sensory-wise. Uh, especially deep pressure. And um, I remember, like I told you, the, just the, the emotional dysregulation, You're struggling to, um, to just get clear on your emotions and to handle them in a healthy way. Especially when someone's trying to tell you to calm down. <laughs> <sighs> yes. This never worked for me. No. How I tried to explain it to my husband, um, the best way I can explain it is when you are hijacked, um, at least for me in my ADHD brain, when I'm hijacked, it feels like I'm in a, almost like a padded locked room. The lights are out, there's strobe lights and the room is shaking. Oh. So try to focus on someone else's emotion and their story. Right. And feel empathy. Right. Because that's how it felt in my brain. What a blessing you didn't turn to disassociation during that right there was some when he was younger yeah definitely there was and and I can see that that um you know it is what it is um but there was because it was just it was so much um and like I said PTSD I think for sure but I definitely have made uh huge uh, efforts to repair that attachment yeah 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 and, um, and, and, and it's really, we, we've come a long way. Um, actually we, we do sleep stories, meditation, sleep stories at night. Yeah. And there was one where they asked the question, like, what's your favorite color and where's, where's your safe place or where's your happy place or something like that? And he said, mom, 
Oh. Yeah, he said mom. That's a big and deal. I was, it was because I sure didn't feel like I was his safe place like two yeah. months ago. We were screaming at each other yeah. all the time. <laughs> oh, my friend, I've been here for that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and so. Um, That's a really big huge. deal. It's huge. And like I said, with, oh, I was going back to the deep pressures. So when that was happening and I learned about sensory processing disorder, I experimented with that a little bit. And I remember I had, I was really overwhelmed with emotion. And I just told my husband, I said, can you just hold me really tight? Because it worked with Kai. Yeah. So maybe it'll work with me. Right. And he just held me really, really, really tight. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I, I felt, I felt my brain switch. And I was like, that was it. Yeah. (laughs) Like all this time I thought, you know, I was been told to take meds for anxiety, meds for depression and, you know, and it's, it's this and that, and it was neurological and it wasn't those other things. I mean, there, there are definitely components to it. Sure. But it was, it was when, when you're actually finding out what you need, what I need, the self care. Right. Right. And and I started putting together, oh, this is why my safe place has always been my husband's arms. Right. Because of that deep pressure. It makes me feel really safe. Right. And it switches my, it takes my brain to a more present place. That's where I get really Well, present. and he's also learning that, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. when you're in that place, you're not, you're not with it or cognitive enough to say, hey, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. So he's learning that when he sees that, Mm -hmm. that's his sign to give you that Mm -hmm. strong embrace and hug and bring you back. Well, even if you don't, sometimes you need it anyways. (laughs) Sometimes I get mad about it. But, you know, that's something. Um, But, yes, I agree. The the, the good news is, is that the medication itself has led to a lot less. Right. Of that. Right. Um, where I have been able to, to experience empathy easier. Right. I have been able to get into his story. I have been able to, to pull myself away from his experience. Right. It's not about me. Right. You know, when it was always about me before. Um, and so that has been huge in being able to connect better. And, and so medication, medication has been self-care. Absolutely. 100%. Oh yeah. Because the executive functioning I've always struggled with planning, organizing, such a part of the ADHD, you know, just getting started on projects, not getting super distracted all the time. Um, yeah, it, it was huge to just the medication, but then also, um, have the, have the planner, have those, um, exterior ways of managing my life and not being ashamed about it. Cause there was like, why do I need this? And why do I need this? And I even have my own app that it puts all my tasks for the morning and it has what it is and the time that will take. I love that. And it will... Would you mind sharing the name of that for yeah. other moms that might benefit from that? Yeah. So there's one that I use for for Kai, and it's called Brilli, B-R-I-L-L-I. And then there's one that I use for me, and it's more... Because they go over a lot of different things, not just the timer. Okay. And it's called Fabulous. It's actually wow. called Fabulous. And it's an incredible app because not only 
can you, what I like about it is it has the list of tasks, but it, it goes through them and you have to, you, like you don't just check it off or whatever. You just click, you know, you're done and it goes to the next one. Like there's no wow. space in between. So you don't have any chance to get distracted. It just goes boom. And there's right no the overwhelming task. of I have to put notes in. I have to Mm-mm. do all this stuff. No. And it has this like beautiful picture and it's, you know, just really um, visual. Yeah. And, and so like for meditation, it has this beautiful picture of someone meditating. And then it also has like meditations that you can do like it actually has these little meditations that they have programmed in the app so you don't even need to like go out of it go to your youtube to get distracted like that is my brain just to have it all there and it just moves to the next thing and i don't have to worry about it and at the end it makes like a big you know it has confetti and it says well done and then i do a little dance because you want to reinforce it right absolutely i love it and just like Grey's anatomy there's nothing that a 30 second dance party can't fix (laughs) you know Yeah. yeah another thing i do with my boys we do dance parties yeah all the time because there's that physical and then Kai loves to sing. And so, and I do too. And we sing together and we dance and it's oh my awesome. goodness, It's just wonderful. I love this so much. I'm so proud of you in like a parental way. You know, three months, you've been living this journey your whole life. But three months into this, after discovering your own and ADHD and coming to terms with that and saying, hey, mm-hmm. This is me, and I'm going to work with that just like I would work with what my child has. It's exactly. no different. It, it isn't. It isn't, and it's wonderful to see, oh, I can see what's happening in his brain right now. Absolutely. I've been there. You're identifying. I'm, and it, it, it's, it is such a gift yeah. to be able to say, okay, he is hyper-focusing. Yeah. And oh my gosh. that is okay. Yes. Because I hate it when people interrupt me and I didn't know what hyperfocus was. Hey, that's what got Ben his license this year. <laughs> he was never projected to get a license. He and did we, awesome. the fact that we did his lessons private, mm-hmm. you know, we did things the way that he needed them to be and the way that he can hyperfocus mm-hmm. on all, you know, once these kids are so smart, once they read a book, they've got it memorized. You know right. that with mm-hmm. Kai. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah, he's really crazy. I know, but it's like that <laughs> hyper focus mm-hmm. is what got him driving. Yeah. So you can see that in him and you can still maybe get irritated sometimes, but you can help turn it into a positive. Absolutely. You know, I give him a little bit more transition time. Yeah. I have more understanding. I'm not as abrupt. Yeah. You know, because I hate it when people interrupt me when I'm in hyper focus mode. And. I know that I'm a mother of two small children and I have to be interrupted, but it's still really difficult. Yeah. Um, and so I have more compassion and understanding for my kids. Um, and I'm able to say, okay, normally people would say, uh, for this kind of behavior, you need to sit down and go into timeout. Uh-uh. No. No. no because he can't hold still. Uh-uh. That teaches him nothing. And, and... It's taken me a long time to finally realize that the kid needs to go for a run. Yeah. So when he starts having rage or whatever, and I can't get him to just like, because there are times that we can co-regulate and it's fine. But there are other times that the sitting and the counting or, you know, bringing him to the present, whatever that looks like. Right. Does not work. And then I have to think, well, does it always work for me? 
if I just sit and try to like meditate and I'm really angry? No. 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 I have to get up clean. I clean. Yeah. That's what, you know, or I go for a run. Oh, yeah. Sometimes at nighttime when I'm saying my prayers, I have to start my prayer over 10 to 12 times <laughs> because I cannot finish a freaking sentence yes. or think yes. or think in a sentence. And I'm like, God, you know me. You know what I need. Amen. Yeah. You know, because I just can't do it. Yeah. And movement processes emotions with There's us. There's a lot of science behind so that. So much faster than anything else. I yes. mean, journaling works for me, but you know, he's five. Yeah. He does write some things and he does like to keep a journal, but you know. Your meditation is kind of a way of journaling with him. Right. Yeah. But for, for me, I feel like dancing, going for a run, even if we do some stretching, um, you know, even if I have him do some jumping jacks or something like that, I just feel like he processes it. How so cool is that, faster. that you found that co-regulation is part of your self-care? Oh, it totally is. You know, so feel, many parents yeah. would feel that they need that time alone. They need that. Mm-hmm. But for you, you found that that co-regulation, which is essentially that time with you and your child right. doing things together, co-regulation. Right. right is your way of bringing yourself to the present, mm-hmm. keeping yourself healthy mm-hmm. yes. and happy. Yes, yes. And it's the best of both worlds because when I'm doing that, like I said, I'm I'm filling my tank. Yes. But I'm also filling our emotional tank because I feel more present and more connected with them and we have more positive interactions that I can draw on when it gets hard. And then also... When you give them that time and attention and you interact with them, they go and do things on their own. Yes. Like I, it's an investment actually, because when I invest that time, even though I say, you know, I don't really have a lot in me right now, but I know that if I don't, I'm going to have that little five-year-old coming up to me over and over and over and And over And there's nothing more draining. No. So if I invest like 30 minutes of co-regulation... I most likely will get an hour of he's going to go in his room and play because he's regulated. Yeah. Bing. The <laughs> light bulb, the heavens opens, and the angels sing. So invest. Invest in helping them regulate because honestly, it really helps them to feel comfortable being out on you know independent play. Oh, my goodness. I have loved this so much. Alicia, if it's okay with you... I would love to um, come back. I know you're three months into your journey with your own medication. I would love to come back maybe in six months or three months and see how this is going for you and kind of revisit this, if that's okay. Absolutely. Oh, I would love that. Well, that's our time for today. We will be doing um, more segments on this, diving into um, dealing with your own depression, um, childhood trauma, more ADHD, um, and the stringency that goes along with that in some other cases. Um, but like my dad always says, you can't pour water from an empty pitcher. So take time to fill those pitchers, um, with what you need and true self-care. Always be aware of those TTMs, those tiny tender mercies, because ladies, that is what will get you through the day. Always remember, I love you and I'll talk to you next time.